Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me for the first time, a new host. My fiance Hannah. Mm. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I feel like I have an engagement. I have somewhere to be. Oh, yes, in maybe a year or two. <laughs> and it's with me. You're stuck with me, baby. Yeah, for those of you who didn't know, we were not engaged before. Yes. We've been together for six years. Wow, we're really revealing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> not that anyone cares. This is about no. Nick. This is not about us. It's not about us. We'll but, peek behind the curtain. So we got engaged this past weekend. Yeah. And we'll talk about our engagement just a little bit. Not, no, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was going to say, so then that way, it's not weird when we talk about Nicolas Cage during our wedding vows. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fully expect uh, one of our listeners, Alex. Uh-huh. Shout hey, out. Hey, girl. She said that she was disappointed that Nick wasn't involved in the proposal. Yeah. But that's not to say that he's not going to be involved in the wedding. Well, he was there in spirit, I think. Yeah, but I want him there in 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 body in body. <laughs> yes, I saw an Instagram. I want to smell him. <laughs> I saw an Instagram today that I want to smell him. Gross. Uh, I don't. That's like the last sense. I feel like he probably that smells I good. Him. I think he probably smells good. He really? probably wears expensive cologne. You're probably right. He's Actually, a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. He showers the, and shit. The last sense I want of Nicolas Cage is I do not want to taste him. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's. I think we could both agree on that one. And on that note, this week we watched a very tasty movie. Uh, If you like really bland food, then you would love this movie. It's called Running with the Devil from 2019. Nicolas Cage plays a cog in a drug ring machine who has to go on a bit of an adventure to figure out who's spiking the drugs with some worst drugs i i don't i don't know uh it's it's Lawrence fishburne is the answer we find that out immediately we'll talk about the movie i was gonna say in some detailed plot but honestly the plot doesn't go much deeper than that so we're gonna get this thing kicked off i think with should what be should what be should what be <laughs> a more interesting topic which is some behind the scenes information or maybe what's going on in Nicolas Cage's life in 2019 say, I don't have anything behind the scenes okay. I have a few things which I will share we'll start with the numbers though as mm. I always do running with the devil 2019 we're still in 2019 we will be for a while Long which time. means that if you've been listening to the other 2019 episodes we um stumbled across the I think the world stumbled across this article <laughs> In the New York Times, where Nicolas Cage talks about his search for the Holy Grail and about his life and acting, it's phenomenal. I'm breaking it up into parts. Today, we're going to talk about um, some financial decisions that he mm. made about movies. Oh, interesting. Um, but first, we'll talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Appropriate, I think. I think it deserved all of that. Yeah. Most of the reviews, I, well, most of, I read like one review saying, you know, this movie, it's just not interesting anymore. You know, if you're going to make a movie about a drug cartel or, yeah. or a drug lord or something, you know, you have it's to do something. It's, it's been done. It's been said and done. And exactly. I think that this movie would have been successful in like the 80s. But yeah, in 2019, it's stale. It's, yeah, real stale. Uh, this movie made 59K. <laughs> 
I think there was more that I wonder how many of Nicolas Cage's movies that there's more fake money printed in the oh movie my God. than it actually made. Wow. Right? I, I, I'm sure at some point, I don't recall a specific scene, but I'm sure at some point. I think one kilo of cocaine was worth more than 59K in one of the scenes. Yeah, I think it got up to, the highest number I have is $20,000, but mm. but I mean, Still. <laughs> I'm sure somebody opened up a briefcase full of money and was like, this is $100,000, and like the yeah. movie didn't make that much money. No. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Really terribly embarrassing. Mm-hmm. This movie um, was produced by Patriot Pictures, which also produced our favorite, Vengeance, A Love Story. I knew I recognized it. And yeah. And Rage. Uh, Rage. Okay, that one was And this movie great. was also, it was a collaborative production, also produced by the one, the only, Saturn Films, Nicolas Cage's own production company. <laughs> I could have swore that... I thought they were defunct. Episodes ago, we said they're defunct, and then they came back, and we said this exact same conversation like three episodes mm. ago. I could I look, know. but that's okay. <laughs> what fun would that be? Right. Well, we the good news is we've still got five more movies in 2019 for us to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know what doesn't have five movies? That what? that quite the transition there mm. for you, Jason Cabell, who was the writer and director for this movie. This is his second movie that he's Yikes. ever made. The first, the second credit on IMDb. His first credit was Smoke Filled Lungs from 2016, which I've never heard of. Nope, me neither. So he's very unknown. <laughs> yeah. I would Did say you find so. him? No. Uh, why should I look up a picture of no, him? No, th- you're on your computer. so I uh, Yeah, no, I'm just looking to see if, if I recognize anybody from Smoke-Filled Lungs. Um, I didn't. <laughs> no. Um, wow. There was nothing oh, he's imp- the star. Nothing impressionable. Wait, Jason is the star? Yeah, so wow. he stars and directs. Oh. He probably has some, like, rich parents. He's probably got connections, yeah. Or he owes someone, a f- or someone owes him a favor. Uh, yeah <laughs> this movie was filmed in both albuquerque new mexico and bogota colombia oh on, so they, on location that's kind of surprising that a movie this bad would go actually to colombia yeah i can't imagine how expensive yeah, i mean I, I don't know anything about that but yeah, yeah i imagine it's, it's cheaper to film in colombia than it is in like hollywood mm-hmm. that makes sense i guess it, at least it's not like Eastern Europe. Remember that phase of Nicolas Cage's life where he filmed like five movies He was like stuck there Europe. for a while. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't buy a castle over there. I, he may have. He probably did. Yeah. <laughs> um, he bought a... Yeah, this movie... Ta- like this movie is all over the place. There's some scenes that take place in Seattle and then... Mm-hmm. So I, I get, they didn't film in Seattle so I don't know how oh. they got those shots. And then B-roll, whatever. Yeah, it's just B-roll or stock photos Yeah, or some scenes filmed... Uh, some scenes took place in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Some in Bogota. Yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, like, none of those scenes were, like, outside near the landmarks of those cities. They were, like, in like, in a restaurant. Yeah, in a restaurant. Yeah. 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 So. (laughs) Yeah. That's Running With the Devil. Oh, good. That is all I have about this movie, other than I saw a picture of Nick at the premiere. Mm -hmm. He has a super bushy beard. I'll show you. Oh, Um, that's for another movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has a fur-trimmed denim jacket, and he's wearing an Indiana Jones-style hat. Yes. So it is a Luke. 
I've ever seen one. L-E-W-K, not L- L-E-W-K. L-E-W-K, yes. not L-U-K-E, the name. Yeah, I remember when that, that picture went somewhat viral a it few did. years ago. Yeah, it said, like, Nicolas Cage is nearly unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's coming up. There's a movie called Primal. I think that's what he has that look for. That I'm sorry, that Luke for. Mm-hmm. It says Nicolas Cage attends the premiere of Quiver Distribution. So I guess it's another production company okay. that also was a part of this. Uh-huh. I'm running with the devil at the Writers Guild Theater on September 16, 2019 in Beverly Hills. He was joined by his son, Weston Cage, to the mm. premiere. He sported a distinguished beard, slicked back his hair into a ponytail. I cannot see that. Mm. However, it was his... Oh, his... Okay. Weston sported a distinguished beer, ah. slicked back his hair into a ponytail. I don't have a picture of Weston. That's okay. However, it was his father whose new look stole the show. Wow. And then here he is chucking up the deuces. Ooh, what a guy. I, I do find it endearing that he is so close with his first son. Yeah, that's nice. Because he's been through quite a few marriages since he, actually he never married his uh baby mama. Yeah, for Weston's his, for baby Weston. mama. Uh yeah. What? Weston's, Weston's mama. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weston's mommy. Wolf, this is getting weird. Um yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of weird vibes in this room right yeah, now. I shouldn't put that away. Uh we're going to take a look at Nick Cage's article in the New York Times. Fantastic. Can't wait to see what else is revealed. Yeah. So uh, as I've mentioned before, the interviewer holds nothing back Mm, and is very honest with him. Yes. And he says, why do you work so much? You've said you wanted to make 150 movies. Oh, wow. He'll do that. And Nick Nick said, that's me speaking to my golden age heroes. Those guys all did like 150. I want to argue that with the concept of supply and demand. I grew up in the 70s watching all these movies. Mm -hmm. I developed a relationship with these characters, these actors. The more I saw them, the more I wanted to see them. By design, with video on demand, I felt that if I made more more movies, not only was it good for me financially, people would uh, be able to tune in at home and say, all right, well, what's the next movie that Nick made? Which is exactly why we started doing this podcast. So I suppose he inceptioned us in a way. I guess. I mean, I have been saying, at least for the past few years, that the era of the movie star is over. People don't go to a movie anymore because Nicolas Cage is in it, because Tom Cruise is in it, because someone's in it. And also, and I think that is, like, contrary to what he said, there's too much supply, not enough demand. Yeah. I mean, we have how many streaming services at our fingertips, and what percentage of the movies on those streaming services have we touched? Like, I don't think we've even scratched the surface. No, that would be interesting to see. Oh, my God. That would make me, like, up. That would probably make me depressed. (laughs) Like, how much time have I spent inside watching movies when I could have been, like, doing things with my life? (laughs) Yeah, especially during 2020. We had so much to do. Yeah. (laughs) So much to do last year. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Quite a a bit of supply, especially in Mm -hmm. Nick Cage's uh, filmography. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, there's no demand. People like... No demand. They just watch whatever the hell they want to watch because it exists, which I guess in a way is some kind of demand. But we were talking to a friend the other day who's like, yeah, I just rewatched Teen Wolf. Like the Teen Wolf series that they had that went for like six seasons. Is it still on? I have no idea. How did did Teen Wolf get six seasons? Yeah, I don't know. Based off of the 70s movie or whatever. Oh, was it based off a seventies movie? I thought yeah. it was like a. I thought it was like a recent show on ABC Family. I yeah. keep calling it that. Freeform. Yeah. 
It it was based well. Like, it was based off yeah. of a okay. So like how Riverdale is based off of the Archie comics, right? Way. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's just. It's like teenager shit. sexy teens with sexy secrets you love saying that i do love saying that because there's so many shows that exist that they people go crazy over them and they don't go crazy over a specific person who stars in these shows that's what i'm saying yeah i mean well clearly no one went crazy over this movie since it only made fifty nine thousand dollars. <laughs> and then the interviewer says i don't want to dance around this here nick oh boy how much has money driven your work choices? Mm. And Nick's like fumbling here. He goes, I can't go into specifics or percentages or ratios. Okay. But yeah, money is a okay. factor. I'm going to be completely direct about that. There's no reason not to be. There are times when it's more of a factor than not. And it's sure. like, yeah, we yeah. know. We've watched all of your movies. It's we so know clear. when shit hit the fan for you. We know when things are bad because of the quality of the of the the you know movies that you're choosing. Yeah, I feel like... And the frequency of them. Yeah, I feel like he had financial troubles and started taking every movie he could, as we've discussed. And then he got to around 75 or 80 movies and he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for 150. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder when in his career he started saying he was going to make 150 movies. Yeah, I'm sure we could look that up and match it to whenever... It feels like something like a very young man in his career would say. And Mm. then he could be asked again like five to ten years later... When he was in the peak of his career, like in the golden cage, yeah. as we call it. Yeah. And he probably would say, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then when like times got tough yeah. for him, he yeah. he probably went back on his word. He was like, yeah, I've been saying since I started, I was going to make 150 <laughs> movies because he does that shit all the he time. He does do that. Shit. I do feel guilty because I feel like we always kind of roast his finances on this podcast. But like yeah. I'm telling you, I'm just reading what sure. it says here. Sure. So I, I'll, I'll finish this out and then we can get on to the movie. Um. He says, uh, there's times when it's more of a factor than not. I Mm -hmm. still have to feel that whether or not the movie around me entirely works, I will be able to deliver something and be fun to watch, which is true. We've had fun with most of the movies. Yeah. Some of them, the ones that he doesn't deliver in. Honestly, there are so many movies where he just shows up, stands on an X, says his lines and goes. Yeah. But then there are some movies where it's like, He's like, this movie's a piece of shit. What can I do to elevate it? Why don't I do a scene where I cage rage for no reason? And those are fun yeah, to And they're watch. fun to watch. Yeah. Or a scene where I like speak in a British accent, you know. Inexplicably. Yeah. Um, he says, it's no secret that mistakes that have been made in my past um, that I've tried to correct. Financial mistakes happened with the real estate implosion that occurred in which the lion's share of everything I had earned was pretty much eradicated. <laughs> but one thing I wasn't going to do was file for bankruptcy. I had this pride thing where I wanted to work my way through anything, which was both good and bad. Not all of my movies have been in the blue, but I have uh, been getting closer. have been blue chip, sorry. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say like in, in the red. No, okay. Um, or in the black. Yeah. In the black. But I keep getting closer to my instrument. Maybe there's more supply than demand, he said. Ah, look at <laughs> he that. Said it verbatim. But on the other hand, I'm a better man when I'm working. I have structure. I have a place to go. I don't want to sit around and drink Mai Tais <laughs> 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 and have mistakes go on in my personal life. I want to be on set. I want to be performing. Okay. In any other business, hard work is something to behold. Why not in film performance? Sure. Okay. I mean, I, I like him. <laughs> I think he's uh, as eccentric and... And not down to earth he is. I think he is relatively grounded. Sure. Yeah, he's a weirdo, but he still is like the weirdo that you work with. Like they still show up for their nine to five. Right. But they're a weirdo. 
Does and, that make sense? Yeah. And like the things that he's purchased are flashy and ostentatious, but not in like an all consuming way, I guess. Or not in a way yeah. where that defines him. Yeah. Well, except for the Holy it, Grail thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's not like he bought an octopus and then was like, I fucking love octopuses and bought like. No, I mean, more so like them. it's not like he was once the CEO of Amazon and decided to use this money to go to space. Right. Like- <laughs> OK, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, I would love to see Nicolas Cage in space. Would love so. to see Nick Cage in space. Would love to be chosen to go. If you. OK, here we go. Yeah. If you were Jeff Bezos and you have enough money to go to space <laughs> uh-huh. and you get to pick someone other than what was he a kid from like Bolivia? Where was the kid oh, from? I, I have no idea. I didn't um, read the article. <laughs> who other like obviously Nick Cage is a given for your um, space crew. But mm-hmm. if you had to pick two other actors that would like compliment Nicolas Cage. Oh, I forgot to mention Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, you mentioned the Lawrence Fishburne's in this movie, but yeah. he. Uh, was in what Rumblefish or Cotton Club? Both. He was in both of those. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So this is Nick's third movie with Florence Fishburne. Yeah, they're old buddies. Yeah. Presumably. So which other actors, in addition to Nick, would you want two other actors in your space crew? Um, he had great on-screen chemistry with Taya Leone. Yeah. So maybe yeah. her. Okay, that's um, so random. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I feel like they just get along up there, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you don't want like a fight to no, break so out in space. No, so I'm picking Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne would be a good one too. Yeah. Trying to think who else has he starred in a couple movies with? Sean I mean, you Penn. only get two. I know, I'm d- but you know, if I would swap one of them. Let's just say Lawrence Fishburne and Taya Leone. All right, interesting. Do you have a different choice off the top of your head? I would say... I would say Sean Penn for one. He really okay. seems to get along with him. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Shue. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. From leaving Las Vegas. Sure. I don't know if they still keep in touch, but I hope they do. Yeah, I hope so too. She's mm-hmm. really good in The Boys. She is great in The Boys. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Great. Let's get through this piece of shit movie. It'll probably only take 10 minutes. And look, like I said, I called it a piece of shit movie a couple times, but it's really just... You've seen it before. You've seen this movie a million times. So the first time we see Nicolas Cage, they do this weird thing in this movie where whenever you see a new character, it freezes the frame. And then in like bold letters, it comes up what their character is called. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage is the cook. I feel like you only ever see that in heist movies. Yeah. And you only see it in like teen heist movies. Yeah. Like, just poorly produced movies. And, like, so nobody actually has a name in this movie. Actually, I think they did it in Ocean's 8, the one with the all-women cast. Yeah. I think they, like, named everybody something. They all had, like, roles you to won't... play. Yes. But I think they also had names. Of course. Yeah. But these people didn't. No, these people in this movie didn't. They were just the executioner. He, the executioner, the boss. The man. La- Lawrence Fishburne was the man, which is very vague. Adam Goldberg uh, is in this movie. I, think I didn't recognize name. anybody else other than... Yeah, Adam uh, Goldberg, who's he's been in name? a bunch of stuff. Uh, Leslie Bibb is yeah, uh, the agent in charge. So she's like the FBI agent who's after the drug ring and the drug leader. So Nicolas Cage isn't even the drug leader. And Lawrence Fishburne is not the drug leader. But... Yeah, it was weird. The drug boss, the boss 
finds out that people are dying from his cocaine. His strain, yeah. His strain of cocaine. So he has Nicolas Cage, the cook, follow the transport of the drug from Colombia all the way up to Vancouver. A very long journey. It's a very long journey. And that's where we follow Nicolas Cage throughout the entirety of the movie. He's following it. We already know Lawrence Fishburne has been adjusting the formula, formula in Seattle. So we just have to sit there and watch Nicolas Cage go from Columbia to Seattle and meet all of these... I was going to say interesting characters, but they're just not. They're just bad guys. It's just, just bad guys. And it's like, are we supposed to feel bad for these people? No. Who am I rooting for? Nobody. I don't care. I don't know. There's a I scene. I guess you're rooting. I was going to say, I guess you're rooting for Leslie Bibb, the special agent, but she like tortures somebody. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot <laughs> about that. She tortures Adam Goldberg. Like literally she rents a storage locker and like chains him up and like takes all of his clothes off and leaves him there to like starve even you're a special agent like come what i don't whatever so there's i don't know i've highlighted in my notes here there's a scene where nicholas cage is in columbia and he meets the farmer who is the guy who farms the cocoa leaves to make the cocaine and uh he's poorly speak nicholas cage poorly speaks spanish to i think they're at a restaurant so he says it to I a server the first time we see him no, I skipped over a lot of scenes oh, okay. that just aren't really that important. There's a scene where he's you at home. Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene, Steve. Can no, because it'll plane? be like, he's at a diner, he's at home, then he's back at home, then he's at an airport, then he's meeting the farmer, then he's dropping off drugs. Like, it's just, there's such quick scenes that I don't want to lay them all out like that because That's nothing true. interesting That's happens true. in and, all of them. And, and it's like... The scenes are very quick, and you jump from location to location very rapidly. Yeah, you don't really stay on one character for a long no, time. No, it's not linear. Yeah, it's like, what are those movies, like New Year's Day or, or yeah, Valentine's Yeah, where it's Day like they have to cover the stories of so many different, like, couples. Yeah. But, like, none of these people matter, so... No, and half of them die, and, like, who cares? Uh, so, anyway... Nicolas Cage is just following these drugs and he's testing it along the way. So he's some sort of scientist or chemist or I guess a cook. Maybe he's come up with the original cocaine formula. So he's testing it in a little vial along the way. You know, ultimately, there's a couple of... I guess there's a cool scene where these guys try to stop the drug... Car, like the cartel or they try to stop the the truck full of drugs from getting across yeah, the, the border transport. so like this third party comes in and kills the cops at the border puts on their clothes to try to steal the drugs and then nicholas cage comes out of nowhere and runs over these cops and i was like okay that's kind of cool but it, that scene was like 30 seconds long yeah also that scene didn't make sense because for the rest of the movie they're able to transport the amount of cocaine in like a backpack yeah. So why do they need like a full like tanker truck? It was like or whatever a pallet. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was like a full pallet of cocaine, and then it just suddenly fits in a backpack. Yeah, I don't know what happens. It didn't make sense there, and like so, you need several of Nick Cage. You need Nick Cage to be a next person where he can branch off. Yes, next. Several- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So that he can follow all of the different drug dealers and in, in the different cogs in the machine. But anyway, like I said. There's really not a ton of interesting stuff that happens. He's just following the drugs until he ultimately gets to uh, Lawrence Fishburne's house, where Lawrence Fishburne has pulled in Adam Goldberg like as his buddy. And like he's like, yeah, I'm going to start dealing to this guy who's going to start dealing, and we're just going to make more money or something along those lines. So Nicolas Cage's sus of Adam Goldberg 
uh, finds that Lawrence Fishburne is the one who's been uh, fucking with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Finds out he, what does he add to it? Like uh, heroin and fentanyl. Fentanyl, yeah. Yeah. So he also Nick Cage also finds out that Adam Goldberg is labeled the Snitch, whereas everybody else has their own cool names. He's the Snitch because he ended up giving everything away to Leslie Bibb, who is interrogating and. Literally torturing him. Torturing him. So I was Nick- going to say abusing, but torture oh. torture is a much better term yeah. to describe what was happening to him. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Cage finds out he kills Adam Goldberg, and he and Lawrence Fishburne have to like hop on snowmobiles to get across the U.S. Canadian border. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These drugs go on quite a quite a journey. So Lawrence Fishburne and Nicholas Cage both have backpacks on full of cocaine. Lawrence Fishburne falls in a river and loses his backpack. So Nicholas Cage and Lawrence Fishburne climb to the top of a mountain to get the backpack back? No, I, they climb to the top of the mountain so they could get a bird's eye view of where the backpack oh, might be. Okay. So and as they do that, Nicholas Cage slips and falls and he's hanging off the edge of a mountain and Lawrence Fishburne Mufasa's him and says pushes I, him on down. I killed Mufasa <laughs> and pushes him off. Uh, Nick Cage probably screams here. It's really just a simple like. <laughs> and I thought that was going to be the end. But of course, it's a paint by numbers movie. Yeah. Whenever you don't see the person die. Yeah. You know that they're still alive. And I called it. You did call I it. Called it. Um, so Nicolas Cage comes back because the drug boss at first is very impressed by Lawrence Fishburne. But then finds out that Lawrence Fishburne is the one who's been tampering with the drugs. So he sort of creates a sting where Lawrence Fishburne gets captured by the the drug boss's people and blindfolded and stripped naked and lit on fire. And as he's dying, he comes face to face with Nicolas Cage. And I was going to say in the movie ends, but the movie doesn't end because Nicolas Cage... He's got a broken leg. He goes back to his restaurant. So that's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's his cover story is he's a restaurant, a local restaurant owner. And who shows up but Leslie Bibb. Frust- special agent. Special agent. Frustrated that, you know, the law hasn't been working. She sits Nicolas Cage down at the in the back in the kitchen at one of the tables. And she fires five shots into his chest. Picks up the shells of the bullets and walks, walks away. away. End of the movie. And the movie ends. Wow. So I think I blame... That might be one of the quickest I went through a movie where, like, Nicolas Cage is the star. Yeah. Because he doesn't he really do anything. He doesn't do much. It's very or frustrating. Say much. He yeah. doesn't say a lot. No, he really doesn't. So I think that's going to do it, Hand. Do you have any other closing thoughts on this movie? No. Like you said, it's very paint by numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. it was not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I got some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And I, I really like the point that you made, or whoever was it, the reviewer, like. If this movie came out in 1980, mm-hmm. this would have been like an awesome drug, like yeah. heist movie kind of yeah. deal. Like I where made people that point. would, yeah. The one thing I did say to you after we watched the movie too mm-hmm. is, I think that if Nick played Lawrence Fishburne's character, mm. who we I don't think we mentioned this, but no. not only was he tampering with, but he was also using the drugs, yes. and he was like a total junkie, and you know, kind of crazy and like had a like sex addiction and yeah had strippers and killed strippers and like was just like woo, pretty, yeah he like, was crazy party, crazy like screaming and like yeah. wild i think if nick i i didn't feel i don't want to say i felt bad for lawrence fishburne 
but I feel like I felt a little bit more sympathy for him because of how he as an actor portrayed his character than I would have if Nick played that character. Yeah. I think I would have felt no sympathy because he would have just been like some, you know, (laughs) crazy druggy yeah no absolutely yeah i forgot that i have that written here that's my last note what if Lawrence fishburne and nicholas cage swapped roles mm-hmm. and i think it would be interesting i think we would get more entertainment out of it from a nicholas cage perspective but i exactly. think it, the movie would have suffered for the points that you mentioned yep great not that i felt sim- like i said right you know, none of these characters were compelling no. none of these characters you're rooting for no you don't know who's the hero no but I think that Nick certainly would have made himself out as more of a villain than Lawrence Fishburne did portraying that character. The man. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Well, Han, I think that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do some Nicolas Cage awards, let's shall we? Let's dive right in. Who was the best supporting actor? It's, it's Larry. Larry Fish. Larry Fishy. <laughs> what was Nicolas Cage's best dressed moment? So... He, in the beginning, he's got these kind of big wireframe glasses. Yeah. He wears his like chef's Jeffrey coat. Dahmer. Yeah, yeah, he wears a chef's coat. He, um, when they're in the woods and they're in the snowmobile, they're wearing like camo and the white coats there I kinda too. I kind of like the snowmobile look. Yeah. But I also like the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses with a chef's coat because I don't mm. think we've ever seen him like that before. It's... I feel like we have. Have we seen him? Has he been a chef before? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe that, because we've seen him in, yeah, we've seen him in a snowmobile suit before, because he, in (laughs) National Treasure at the beginning of the movie, when they're they're looking for the Charlotte. Oh my God, you're so right. (laughs) You know why I remember that? Because I remember you wearing my coat with like a puffy (laughs) collar for, for recreation of the trailer. If you haven't seen that, it's on our Instagram. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, cool. So the the chef's costume, I like that for the best dressed. Mm-hmm. With, for, the, with the with um, the wire glasses, of course, yeah. like the aviator. Yeah, like an aviator style, but the regular glasses. Yeah. They're not sunglasses, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, worst Nicolas Cage scene. I mean, there are so many scenes that are just nothing. Probably one of the ones that just cuts really quickly. There's a really quick cut scene towards the end where he's at an airport. We could just give it to that, or do you want to give it to something more memorable? There's yeah, a few scenes. Something in the beginning. In the beginning. Like bored. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene where he's talking to the boss on the phone, and he's like getting his stash together. There's a Wasn't moment. Wasn't there hmm. this, like one of the scenes where he's trailing the drugs? Mm-hmm. Was like really poorly performed. I, I don't recall specifically <laughs> this movie. It made no impression on me. Yeah. Okay, then the airport scene. I don't even remember what that was. I, I honestly, me neither. It's just him at the airport, like on the phone, being like, "Yeah," and then walk away. Cool. <laughs> uh, the best Nicolas Cage scene. Probably the end. When, oh yeah. When he confronts Larry. Larry. Larry Fish. Larry, Larry Fish. After we believe him, we presume him to be dead, and he yeah. comes back from from the dead. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, they take like the bag off of his head so he can finally see. And Nicolas Cage, he's got that crazy scowl that he does mm-hmm. sometimes where it's like his, you know, the sides of his mouth go down and he's grimacing and his eyes get really wide. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That was, that was it. Okay. I think that's that was the honestly... only emotion that he showed in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. 
Uh, best Nick Cage scream. I honestly, I think there's it's only probably one. that scene, right? I don't know Did that he, he actually scream screams. Okay, that. then when he got Mufasa'd. Yeah, and then the most nouveau shamanic moment. Nouveau Maybe. shamanism being Nicolas Cage's acting style. Yeah. So we usually award this to the most Nicolas Cage moment, the most strange acting choice, perhaps. Yeah. A lot of times it's a physical choice and maybe it's mm-hmm. like the way that he limped. Well, he didn't limp the way he that was he on crutches. Yeah. crutches. But I don't remember them, that being weird. I think it was no. pretty typical. Maybe just his, his grimace. His grimace towards the end. Yeah. The only thing that I have in my notes is maybe like... He poorly speaks Spanish that one time? No. What do you got? It was the scene where we thought that he was going to start singing opera. Oh, he was so close. It was right in the beginning. It yeah. was him being the cook, and he's he's prepping his restaurant, and he's getting all of his food together, and he's blaring opera music. And, we're and like, he's kind of like dancing around. Yeah. It, well, he wasn't like dancing, but maybe bopping a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like... He was giving off vibes like he was about to be like, dun, 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 and dun, we dun, dun. just talked oh, about s- it. Yeah, we just talked he's done about that many, yeah. many times before. So, how about the nouveau shamanism? Is that he refrained? He from refrained doing from it. doing it. Mm. He wants to keep you on your toes. Yes. that's also an element. It's like the element of surprise is a part of. I'm just making this up. No, this yeah, so- <laughs> I'm just trying to tie this all together. Yeah, yeah, wrap it up in a nice bow for you. Yeah, for sure. All right, Han, you have a daunting task. Uh-huh. Where are we ranking this one? I mean. It wasn't bad, it was but pretty, he wasn't like, cagey. No, he wasn't. You know? So, what are other movies that he wasn't really that cagey in? You know, I'm just looking at this right now, and I'm seeing The Runner, where he was the politician in New Orleans. Yeah. He wasn't really that cagey in that one. I feel like we enjoyed that movie about as much as we enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so, put so it... That's number 78. Put it at 77. So better than The Runner. Yeah. Okay. And that would put it right below Bringing Out the Dead. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. At least that was Scorsese. This one was by some no-name director. That's true. I like where that is because and then above Bringing Out the Dead is Looking Glass. And I remember liking Looking Glass a lot more than this. I don't remember what that one was. That was where there's the two-way mirror in the uh, motel. Yeah, 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 that one was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It was a true story. Based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, Han. Wow. That I think was kind of a quick episode this yeah, week. Yeah, good. Yeah, we, sometimes we've we had say a lot... that we're going to do it yeah. and then we don't. But yeah. we talked a little bit too much about space in this one, but it's timely. <laughs> space travel. Yeah, exactly. We probably should have talked about space travel last week with Color Out of Space, but we had so much else, other stuff we wanted to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next week we are watching a movie called Kill Chain. I don't know anything about this movie. And usually I say, well, it's got around this on a Rotten Tomatoes. No Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, that's when that's how you know it's good. Yeah, yeah. It, if you Google it, it'll say it's got like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. But that's the audience score. There's no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So How will we watch it? I think it's on Prime Video. Okay, cool. This Wasn't this one on Hulu? This one, yeah, was on Hulu. Okay. So It's been relatively easy recently to find these for yeah. free. Yeah. Well, I'm well with subscription. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the hardest Not one. Not at the library. <laughs> well, yeah. The hardest one for us recently to find was uh, Dark. That oh, one. Oh yeah. That, yeah. We, we could only watch a few it. clips. Yeah. 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 All right. Alrighty. I think that's gonna do it. Are we all done here? We're done here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So just remember, we're always here for you through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Ow.